0: There, and welcome to the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. I am Vlad and today I have a very special guest who has worked for years on a privacy implementation, which might just end up in Bitcoin because he's the creator of Litecoin and Litecoin is very similar in design with Bitcoin. So basically, every soft fork that they implement is compatible with what Bitcoin is and can do. So it's really interesting that this proposal for extension blocks, which I think belongs to Johnson Lau. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. And then there was Mimble Wimble, which was created by Tom Elvis Jettasaur. These two proposals that initially were purposed for Bitcoin found their way into Litecoin right now. And it's like a very light and scalable version of confidential transactions. And I think it's really cool. And I'm very happy that I get to have you here, Charlie, and ask you questions. Hey, Vlad, I'm happy to be here. So, as I recall, it was 2018. I was working at Crypto Insider, and I was paying a lot of attention to what you were up to. And you published a picture on Twitter of all of these privacy proposals that you were reviewing at the time. One of them was confidential transactions by... I guess the Blockstream team, there was Greg Maxwell and Dr. Adam Back were involved. And yet, even if it seemed at the time that you were searching for a way to implement confidential transactions, you chose Mimblewimble, which was kind of the cool kid on the block at the time. And it launched, I think, in late 2018 with Grin. And it's very different from every design. It has its trade-offs, but why did you go for Mimble Wimble as opposed to I don't know zero knowledge proofs or ring signatures or every other proposal out there?
1: That's a good question. So um, the the goal I had was to um, add more fungibility to to Litecoin. So uh, fungibility is one of the properties of sound money that is kind of missing from from Bitcoin and Litecoin. So that's something I wanted to fix. And um, obviously with fungibility, you need some sort of privacy, right? If something is not um, if it's not private, then it's not fungible. Um the reason why I went with Nimbo So initially I looked at confidential transactions, right? The what was important, I thought confidential transaction, which made all the amounts hidden, basically brought us 90% to um fungible. 90% of fungibility, right? It's, it's good enough for most people if you're just not showing everyone the amount of money you're you're sending. Um, so confidential transaction was, um, seemed really achieved that goal. But the problem with confidential transaction is it's not very scalable because um, transaction size is like 20 times the size of a normal Bitcoin, like one transaction. So it's basically making blocks 20 times bigger, um, which, Makes it not very scalable, reduces decentralization, and everything. Um, what Mimblewimble did was it has confidential transaction, but also makes things more scalable. So using like cut through technology, where inputs and outputs can be pruned, thrown away um, when they're when they're spent. So that helps with scalability. So it's kind of a you get um fungibility and privacy without losing much in terms of scalability and it was a good trade-off so i decided to go with that
0: yeah this is usually the criticism for stuff like rings ring signatures and i guess even fluffy pony would agree that monero in its current form doesn't really scale so you went for the newest proposal which I guess was also the least tested and is still under development, but I think it's still a very interesting path to pursue.
1: I wouldn't say it's the least tested. I mean, you have grin and beam were both using Mimble Wimble for many years now. Um, yeah, in terms of scalability, it's yeah. If you compare it to like Monero's ring signature, ring signatures, um, the the thing with ring signatures is every input. Will forever be in the blockchain, or for, will forever be in your um, uh, unspent transaction uh, UTXO, right? So that reduces scalability quite a bit. Um, and then stuff like Zcash, Zcash privacy and fungibility is, is like almost perfect, or maybe even perfect, right? Except that it's really not scalable at all. Like transactions are huge; takes a long time to create them. Um, so MWeb or what I'm calling on Litecoin is called MWeb, which stands for Mimbo-Wimbo Extension Block. We're, we're implementing it using extension blocks. It's um, it's a, it's a good trade-off, I believe, between like scalability and and fungibility.
0: Yeah, and there's also this extension block proposal, which initially, if I'm not mistaken, was presented as an alternative to Bitcoin Unlimited. Which at the time was a proposal for big block Bitcoin. And it seemed like there was a choice at the time between SegWit, between extension blocks, and all of these ideas for Bitcoin. We went for SegWit because it provided it, it fixed the malleability issue while also providing a quick scalability fix by increasing the block weight. Yeah. And the extension yeah, block were- was also the first one to implement it. But why extension blocks
1: so the extension block was was um proposed by Johnson Lau um a while ago it wasn't related to scaling when he proposed it it was for adding a feature to to bitcoin right where you can do it via extension blocks it and then it was used by um a team um uh for to address bitcoin scaling where you can just basically use extension blocks to add more um, block space via soft fork without doing hard fork. Um, But that proposal, I I thought that was pretty silly doing that, just doing a scaling because you're adding a lot more complexity for just just to increase the, um, just for scaling, it wasn't really worth it. Um, And SegWit was a much better proposal. So in the end SegWit won and it was implemented on, or activate on Litecoin and then Bitcoin. And it really helped with both transaction malleability, um, uh, fixing and added a bit more scaling. And it was, it was good. Um, so the reason why I went with extension block for for um, for for this, for for adding MWeb, for adding Mimblewimble. Actually I thought of using extension block before I decided to use Mimblewimble. Because um, just for for simplicity, like so, you can you can do confidential transaction without extension blocks. Basically, you add more complexity to each transaction, and each transaction you can do confidential transaction or not. And I thought that was just too complicated, and it was hard for um, harder for the community for the for everyone to start supporting confidential transaction. It was easier to do an extension block where you move coins from the main chain to the extension block. And once you're there, everything is confidential. So all all the amounts are hidden. And then if you want to move back um, to the transparent side of things, you can peg out your coins back to the main chain. I thought that was a good way to kind of handle the opt-in side of confidential transaction. And then once I decided that uh, extension block was the right technology to use for implementing confidential transaction, I figured, With extension block you can basically do anything on the extension block side so there was little um, disadvantage of actually doing a full blown mimble wimble implementation which helps with scaling and still has confidential transaction so now what we have is you have Litecoin on the main chain and every every block has an extension block attached to it and on the extension block side everything is mimble wimble so you can, you, you can move coins to the extension block, and once you're there, you're just doing more more transactions. And if you want to get out of the extension block, you peg out of the extension block. So all that is um, just more, a lot simpler and a lot cleaner, and and it works. So
0: Yeah, this is something that I still don't understand very well, as there okay. are peg-ins and peg-outs involved, which sound very much like stuff that you do when you're using Liquid Network on Bitcoin you peg in mm-hmm. when you make a transaction that locks your coins and then they get issued on the other network on the side chain and when you peg out they get burned on the side chain and they get unlocked on the base layer but how does it work with extension block peg ins and peg outs
1: yeah it's so i i describe extension blocks as very similar to side chains so it's kind of like a side chain that's attached to the main chain and it's the rules are enforced by the same set of miners. So with, with side chains, for example, Liquid, um, the rules on the side chain is enforced by a, f- a federation, right? It's a federated side chain. So it's party of like seven, maybe 20 people. I don't know exactly how many right now. Um, and those, the majority of those can decide on if a transaction is valid or not, if enforcing peg-ins and peg-outs. With extension blocks, um, the miners after the software miners are enforcing the peg ins and peg outs and all the rules on the on the extension block. So it's very similar. You peg in coins um, like a sidechain. So what happens is on the main chain side, you're sending coins to a certain address, and that address kind of stores all the coins that are on the M website. So right now there's over a thousand coins you can't just see on the blockchain. That part is is transparent. You can see on the blockchain there's a thousand coins sitting there um, that represents all the coins on the MWeb side of things. And then when you peg out, coins will come out of this bucket right now, which holds a thousand plus coins that will send to you from that um from that address.
0: So that's interesting because there's also this mixing facility, or how should I put it? Because there is like a minimum amount of coins that need to get pegged in, so that they they get issued on the extension blocks. Did I get that right?
1: What do you mean by minimum amount? There's no there's no min to peg in. So if I want to peg in, like one Litecoin, I um, send a, I basically send one Litecoin to an M web address, and that would do the peg in it would um, send one, effectively miners would send one Litecoin to this address that holds all the MWeb coins. And then on the MWeb side, it would um, create that one Litecoin on the MWeb side. And then once you're there, you can move coins, you can move your um, coins on the MWeb side. And when you peg out, coins will get destroyed on the MWeb side and this coin, the coin will get released from that address.
0: Yeah, it was your example with a thousand coins that made me think that there's like a pool that needs to get filled and this would help with making it harder to trace each individual transaction like in the case of coin joints you put together the same amount of bitcoin and Mm -hmm. you know when it comes out it's harder to figure out where it comes from and i was thinking maybe it's the same but if you say that it's only a matter of mining into the next block and it's not like a pool that gets filled and then gets released on the extension blocks. I mean, okay, maybe I I just came up with a stupid idea on the spot. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah. No. I mean, you can still do you can still do coin on mWeb. Um, actually, CoinJoin works better on mWeb because the the um, the amounts are are not public. Right. The amounts are confidential, so you don't have, there's no risk of someone matching inputs and outputs to try to figure out which input con- connects to which output, because you can't tell because the amounts are, are confidential.
0: Yeah, I remember having this conversation with Noparo, the main developer of Wasabi, mm-hmm. and he told me that coin joints would work a lot better with confidential transactions if that was ever to get implemented. I guess not if it requires a hard fork and even if it does require a soft fork, it seems like this bull market that great I'm grateful that is over, but has been very strange in terms of privacy. If you look at the performance of Zcash and Monero and other privacy coins, it seemed like 2017 was a lot friendlier with the idea of privacy. Than 2020 and 2021, which was all about DeFi on some public ledger, where everyone could see all the swaps and everything that you're doing, and uh, I don't see that as being the future of anything, and I don't want that to be the future or the norm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of the price of a coin is is detached from the functionality, the fundamentals. I'm. Like today, more a lot more people are using Monero and Zcash than four years ago. Same for Litecoin. A lot more people are using Litecoin. The graphs of like usage and adoption is is just kind of through the roof. Well, not through the roof, but it's it's increasing um, quite a bit since four years ago. But the price hasn't. And um, yeah, all I can do is focus on on the fundamentals and adoption and making Litecoin better right
0: so the biggest concern that people have when it comes to privacy especially on bitcoin is that they feel like losing the ability to verify every transaction and the amount and the participants might just lead to hidden inflation Mm -hmm. and it wasn't so long ago that there was i don't recall the developer's name but there was a core developer who made a mistake with one of the core versions. And there was an inflation bug that could be exploited, but it wasn't. And we are still very fearful when it comes to inflation in general, because the whole value proposition is that there will never be more than 21 million coins. And if anyone manages to exploit with extension blocks or whatever, some way to create more coins, I mean, that can destroy
1: The value proposition of the project. Yeah, I think the the bug you were talking about was was just a. I think it was Matt Corallo that. No, no, not him. No, he
0: was also from Chaincode, I think, but not Matt Corallo, not Blue Matt. John something. He was also the one who wanted to change blacklist to blocklist.
1: Hmm. Okay. Anyways, there was yeah, there was a bug that was introduced, and I think one of the Bitcoin Cash developers caught it. Um, yeah, so that was that was fortunate, um, but yeah. So it is it is true with with privacy um, technology like um, Zcash, Monero, uh, ring signatures, and and Mimblewimble. There's definitely a risk of hidden inflation because you can't count right how many coins are, are out there. So if there's a bug in the in the crypto or if the crypto is broken by um quantum computing, for example, then someone could potentially create coins out of thin air and it would not be um, noticed by anyone else. Um there's, there's definitely there's definitely a risk, um more so than than Bitcoin, Litecoin um, on a transparent blockchain. So with the way we're kind of handling this is. We're isolating that risk to to the mWeb side, right? So, um, let's say you have you have a thousand coins pegged into mWeb, right? So you have a thousand coins sitting on this address, which is holding all the coins on the mWeb side. If there is a hidden inflation, let's say on the mWeb side, there's actually now two thousand coins instead of one thousand. So this is obviously a theoretical risk. Um, if there's 2,000 coins instead of 1,000, then you won't be able to peg out 2,000 coins, right? You will only be able to peg out 1,000 coins because there's only 1,000 coins sitting there in address. If you try to peg out more than 1,000 coins, that transaction would fail, right? Miners will not be able to create coins out of thin air. So what would happen is there will be a flight to safety, right? People would, if there's a risk of, um, of in, hidden inflation, everyone would try to peg out their coins. And once everyone pegged out, um uh, transaction will start to fail on the m website and that's that would suck but that's what, what what would happen but on the main chain side there wouldn't be any inflation right so um if everything works well one litecoin on both sides is equal in value but if there's any um concerns or if, if there's any, any inflation then value on the m website would drop so there's always a risk so i'm um, obviously i tell people don't like Peg in all your coins to mWeb. Like, like, give it some time for people to make sure that everything's okay, that there's no problems. I'm confident we're we don't have any issue on the mWeb side. Um, but, um, but there's definitely a possibility, and obviously, quantum computing is coming, and there are there are ways where we can um, make mWeb quantum safe, and um, there's already uh, switch commitments built in. So we can switch Um, it's very technical, but there's, there's ways to combat quantum computing when the time comes.
0: Yeah. So just for the record, the the developer's name is John Newbury and Matt Corallo was actually the one who figured out after he read the disclosure by the Bcash developer that this can be very bad. Got it. Yeah. And it was kind of kept under the rugs. They did not want to reveal or talk too much about it. But they discussed with the miners to quickly upgrade. And yeah, we need to be very careful about this. And my next question, actually, you opened quite a lot of Pandora's boxes there, especially with the quantum computing. But I want to ask you first, when do you think it's safe to say that this cannot be exploited for inflation? Is there like a time period when you know that it has been tested enough?
1: Um, I mean, you, you can never be 100% sure, right? So there's always a chance that there's a bug in there. It's more, more likely that a bug will be introduced later on. So when we do like upgrades and um, fixes, we have to be careful not to introduce bugs, obviously. So... That's, ha- that's happened to a few coins where they didn't upgrade and introduce a bug, a hidden inflation bug, and got exploited. There are some coins that really got really exploited for hidden inflation. Um, but yeah, so it's always going to be a um, kind of the more time it's been out there, the more tested it is. But that's the case with with anything, right? even with Bitcoin. Um, the fact that it's been been running for um, 13 years gives you more confidence that there's nothing going to go wrong with it.
0: Yeah, well, there are lots of eyes on Bitcoin and there's a huge incentive to break it. I guess Satoshi's coins are the ultimate incentive. And as long as they don't move, we know that nobody hacked Bitcoin, I guess. Maybe that's the purpose. I know that also in the case of Litecoin, when there was the activation of SegWit, there was this bounty that was set up to prove that SegWit cannot be broken. And I was about to ask you if there is anything similar
1: with Mimble Wimble right now. Um. So this, the the SegWit bounty was actually something I I created. Um. Basically, the the idea was that if there's a pot out there, if if anyone can spend it, right? If there's a, a bug where miners can just steal from SegWit addresses, they would just take that money and and run with it. But because it sat there for for many, many months without it, anyone being able to steal from it, it kind of proved that um, SegWit was safe. So with, with MWeb, we didn't create like a bounty for, for people to, um, for that purpose. Um, but I think naturally people are putting, slowly putting more and more money into the MWeb side. So right now there's a thousand coins, that's that's only $50,000, $50,000, $60,000. Um, but it's going to increase over time. And uh, I think it's, that, that will work fine.
0: So how long has it been since Mweb was deployed on the mainnet? And for how long has it been in testing on the testnet?
1: Uh, yeah, so it was activated on May 19th. So a little bit less than a month. Um, on testnet, we've been testing it on testnet since like, I think like February, maybe even January. Um yeah, we've been hacking away on testnet for a while to iron out all the issues. It's been quite a while.
0: Like this has been in development for such a long time. I'm not sure if you'll regret that you kind of missed the bull market, but I guess it's better for testing and to make sure that this is dirty as opposed to writing the hype wave and having more people pay attention and potentially breaking it, I guess (laughs) this is a better opportunity to figure out if there are any issues within the development team. And why has it been so long? Like, were there any hurdles along the way? I know that you hired a green developer. In the beginning, I remember I wrote an article in 2019, I think, that the The team behind Beam is going to be the one that helps bring confidential transactions into Litecoin. It ended up being Green,
1: actually. What's the story there? Yeah. So um, on your on your first question, there's like we're not timing development against um, bull bear market, right? And there's really no way you would know and be able to time it. And it's hard to even say whether it's actually better to release this. A year ago versus now, um, I think it's actually better to kind of release it now when um, when the price is not going crazy, so people can focus on actually making it better and actually testing it and using it instead of just riding the hype wave. But it does, that doesn't really matter because we're not gonna we're not trying to time anything. In terms of why it's so, initially what happened was we're talking to a Beam team right about them helping us with um, implementing Mimblewimble. Um That took some time and then um, they got busy with other things. And then I we found um, David Burkett, who worked on uh, Grin Plus for, Plus for Grin, basically C++ implementation of Grin. And he was instrumental and in, I mean, he was the main guy in helping us implement uh, Mweb on, on Litecoin. So it took some time because it was basically just him um, but we also wanted to take things slow. We want to do it right and make sure there's nothing wrong with it. So we, we took our time. Um, it was more important to, to do it right as, as opposed to do it fast. In the end, in the grand scheme of thing, it doesn't matter if it took six months versus two years. Um, if we do it right, then it works and, and we're good.
2: and hard money. There is no fiat on-ramp or off-ramp and you get to diversify your Bitcoin portfolio into gold or silver when you sense that a bearish moment is coming. Also, you can instantly trade your gold for Bitcoin to buy the dip. And if you're into gold custody, Voltoro can also send you the gold that you own directly from their insured Swiss vaulting facilities voltoro was launched in the aftermath of the Mt. gox hack so since 2015 they have published monthly glass books to prove that they own all the gold reserves and all of their customers money sign up today by going to voltoro.com bitcoin takeover keep in mind that this is not financial advice and you are responsible for your own decisions wallet is the perfect Bitcoin privacy wallet. It's free, it's open-source, it's available on Windows, MacOS and Linux, and it offers groundbreaking coin joins, which makes your Bitcoin. Even if you do not use the Coinjoin feature, you still benefit from a trustless experience with block filters, a hidden IP address via Tor, and easy management of your wallet outputs. After you deal with KYC exchanges like Coinbase, like Kraken, Binance, Gemini, or Bitfinex, you can remove the association between your identity and your Bitcoin address by performing a few rounds of coin joins. To find out more about the privacy benefits and limitations of coin joins, listen to Bitcoin Takeover Podcast Season 6 Episode 6 with Max Hillbrand, And if you want to give Wasabi a try, go to WasabiWallet.io and download the wallet for free. Wasabi Wallet, a Bitcoin privacy wallet for the Citadels.
0: Right, so a very important question that I have to ask and is one that some of the people I know, some of the Bitcoiners would ask is do you have to store extra transaction, like do you need extra transaction space on your node to be able to validate the extension blocks? As I know that a lot of people are very, very conservative and concerned with the growing blockchain in the case of Bitcoin, and the idea that they would have to also validate and store the transactions, even if they're pruned on a different network, which is parallel, They wouldn't like it and they would have to upgrade their hardware and is this mandatory and how much of it is pruned and how much is actually stored there like what's the annual growth or something
1: um well obviously so the second part of your question obviously the more people use it the more um it would grow right so um in terms of whether or not you have to um validate it it depends right so if you if you don't upgrade your node um your work just fine right so you would you wouldn't even know about the extension block right your node would not even know about the extension block your node would see this would validate all the transactions on the on the main chain side right including peg ins and peg outs you would see coins moving to this address that holds everything coins moving out but in terms of anything that happens on the um mimbo and website you wouldn't validate or even know about so that's fine if un- you want to continue that. That's fine, right? But then you wouldn't be able to um, use mWeb, or you wouldn't be able to send mWeb transactions um, and validate them. But if you're if you upgrade to zero point twenty one point two, then you would validate both sides, or right? You would validate the mWeb blocks. So there, obviously, there is more. Um, there is more. Um, it's more. Re- it will take more resources to validate and website of things and also store those transactions. In terms of um, uh, like pruning how much that, how much extra space it would take. um, Like I said before, it depends on how much it's being used, Um, but it is a increase in block space. It it is a um, block size increase, the uh, extension block. We did not, decrease the main chain block space to account for the increase in the MWeb block space. Yeah, that's where I was actually
0: getting, as having extension blocks also comes with extra block space that can be used yeah. for transactions. And are the incentives any different? The miners still mine these extension blocks, but can this pose any kind of existential risk at any point? Um, In terms of... What, in terms of block size or something else? In terms of, you know, the Nakamoto consensus implies that after a certain amount of halvings, you're going to have to rely on fees. And how are the fees any different on the extension blocks? And especially if the extension blocks are bigger, I guess the amount of money that you pay for transactions
1: is also small. So yeah, how how does that play? So we we made the fees um, try to match the fees on the MWEF side with the main chain side. Um, in terms of Nakamoto consensus, um, nothing really changes, right? So over time, um, fees will need to pay for for the for the mining the security the mining hash rate, right? So fees on the M um, side would also go to, go to the miners mining the block. Right. So there are fees on M1 transactions. There are fees on mainchain transactions, and they add together to to um, to pay for to pay the miners. Um, interesting thing with with Litecoin specifically is that Litecoin has merged mine with Dogecoin, and um, Dogecoin has um, basically um, infinite inflation. Right? It just it's inflates a couple percent a year. Um, Uh, but decreases over time, but it goes on forever, right? So the interesting thing with merge mining is now uh, miners mining both Litecoin and Dogecoin would continue to have the Dogecoin kind of inflation. So that kind of protects, helps secure Litecoin even though Litecoin has a fixed number of coins, 84 million um, coins. So that's an interesting kind of dynamics between Dogecoin and Litecoin mining. (laughs) Well, let's hope Elon Musk keeps on talking about
0: Dogecoin. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's still interesting to me because aren't the incentives changed? Like some miners, like, is there a hundred percent acceptance
1: of Mimblewimble among miners? Yes, so it was done as a software. So with um, uh, it was miner activated. So. Right now, it's the software enforces that every miner actually has upgraded in his mining um, Mimblewimble or certain mining uh, M-Web blocks. Right? So every every block right now has an M-Web block attached to it, and that's enforced by miners. Now, I was thinking what happens if
0: maybe a group of miners refuse to mine Mimblewimble blocks, if there is any damage to the
1: network? Yeah, again. I mean, if... If over 50% of miners decided to not mine MIMO uh, MWeb blocks, then it will hard fork, right? There will be a chain without MWeb blocks and the we chain that continues that has MWeb. It's no different than if 50% of miners decide to mine 22 million Bitcoins instead of 21 million, right? Increasing the, the supply cap. If if miners decide to, to um, change the rules, then there will be a hard fork.
0: Yeah, but in this case, it's about privacy. And I guess some miners may not like privacy, especially if they have to be compliant with the laws of a certain jurisdiction. I mean, in in the case of Bitcoin, I don't see it being activated with miners. It needs to be activated with nodes. And even if there is a UASF with Mimble Wimble extension blocks or whatever way to acquire privacy, I can see it being censored by some miners.
1: Mm, I mean, for the most part, Litecoin miners are are the same group of people or pools, I should say, as Bitcoin pools. So I would I wouldn't be I wouldn't definitely say for sure that it, it wouldn't get activated by miners. Um, if something I mean, like this does Litecoin have Maripool? Does Litecoin what? Maripool does does it mine Litecoin? Uh no, no. You think that would be a pool that would be against
0: it? Yeah, I mean, they they were against transactions that were not ESG compliant or whatever that means. So
1: yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's why it's it's going to be much harder battle on on Bitcoin than it is on Litecoin. Um, and um, in in that sense, it's good to test it out on Litecoin to see how how well it works and whether it's something that something like this or something different that we can add to Bitcoin in the future.
0: In a sense, I liked the reception that Taproot has received. But in this regard, it was like something that was proposed more than a decade ago to switch to Schnorr signatures. It's still not a complete switch, but it's still an improvement and it brings lots of privacy benefits, but also scalability benefits. Still doesn't change the fact that all... Transaction amounts and all transaction recipients are visible Mm -hmm. on the public ledger. So I don't see it as being a big privacy improvement. Even though I do remember some people were cheering and being like, "Oh, chain analysis is so doomed. This is the end of it because now we activated Taproot." There was (laughs) no. Um,
1: I mean, but Bitcoin. I mean, it's it's still. The jury's out whether or not we we need um, fungibility privacy on the on layer one, right? So layer two solutions like Lightning do provide a lot more fungibility and privacy than, than main chain layer one solutions, than layer one, right? So that may be good enough um, for most people. Um, so for Litecoin, we're just experimenting something different, right? We're experimenting adding fungibility and privacy to as an opt-in feature to layer one see how well that works
0: yeah you know last year we saw something very interesting with mining in bitcoin you had this exodus of chinese miners and most of them went to the united states there was this shift of power or whatever i don't know how we can call it but still very interesting it proved that it truly is also censorship resistant, but also plays this geopolitical game very well. But you don't have to comment on this because, you know, you're in a position where you cannot really make statements about this. But it's interesting to me that the Chinese were a lot friendlier with Bitcoin and they allowed it to just blossom. Whereas the Americans right now, when they got a lot of mining pools, they're trying to regulate the hell out of it and try to impose rules and say, OK, this is fine. These transactions are fine. These are not. If you want to mine on our soil, you're going to have to respect these rules. And it was not like this in China, even if China is the more authoritarian country.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter, right? So that's the thing about Nakamoto Consensus, about Bitcoin, right, how it's created. Um, It would just rot around it right, so if if one government bans mining, it will just naturally move to other jurisdictions that didn't ban mining right if one jurisdiction made. um, electricity like a lot more expensive for mining, then it would just go somewhere else right, or if they created rules around it and miners don't like it they'll move somewhere else so. Um, Bitcoin would just, Bitcoin doesn't care, right? It would just work regardless what one jurisdiction decides, right? So I think that's, and that's good. And, and we'll see that happening more, like we'll keep seeing that happening.
0: Yes. But at the same time, I still see big nation states, big, like superpowers accepting bitcoin just because they see that having mining under soil grants them more control over what happens to the network and they can basically decide to be against certain changes which also i guess include privacy which is a very delicate topic i know bitcoiners who simply don't want it and think that it should come only on layers like lightning or whatever not even lightning is too private it's still better than the base layer but still observable i don't know it's a very delicate topic it's something that i would like to see on the base layer but it's just getting very hard and the more ossified it gets the harder it becomes to bring any kind of privacy to the base layer
1: which is which is fine i think in the i mean it's 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 a thing with um with decentralization right so um things are a little bit slower a little bit less efficient um and changes are changes are hard right so you don't want a system where change is easy because then you get you just get crap and you can easily become centralized um so you want change to be hard um and you you want to need majority to change something right you don't want but then a the minority a group can stop any change. It's kind of like the the. US Constitution right it was it's kind of it's not set in stone you can still change things you can amend it um, but it's hard right It's purposely made hard to hard to change uh, and that's that's good for for the long run. Um, and that's the thing about decentralization. I think that's that's a feature not a not a bug That's a very good point. And
0: I want to get back for a minute to Mimblewimble extension block transactions. I do recall looking at a Pegin and another transaction, which was just a simple, visible, non-private one. And there was a difference in size of about 20 bytes. I'm not sure how much that means. I guess it was like 15% or something in that particular example. But are you aware of a general difference in size between a regular transaction and the private one? Um,
1: let me see. So you're not talking about not not about pegging, right? About like um MWeb transactions? Yeah,
0: M Web in general.
1: Um, I think it's about 10 times the size. I have to I have to check. Um, so M-Web transactions, because of um, range proofs, um, range proofs is basically proving. So because the, um, you can do math with confidential transactions, right? You have A plus B equals C to make sure that no coins are created out in there. So I sent A coin, I sent A and B coins and you got C coins and that's fine. The only gotcha is that you don't want any of the A B's or C's to be negative, right? If I said if A is five and B is negative ten, C is um, sorry, sorry. If A is ten and B is negative five, C is five, right? You can just you can or you can create coins out of thin air if you if with one of the variables are, is negative. So the range proof is to ensure that none of the um, numbers are negative, and that's um, that causes transactions to be much larger because. Um, because you have to have a proof that shows that none of the um, numbers are negative, so um, that's why confidential transactions are, are larger. Um, and but to the reason why mWeb is is um, good for scaling is you can throw away um, inputs and outputs that are spent. So it's it's hard to it's it's hard to say it's hard to compare one transaction with another transaction because overall um, you have less inputs and outputs on the and website. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but it also
0: makes me think that the average SegWit transaction is like 120 bytes in size, if I'm not mistaken, because the fee that you pay with the minimum fee that you can offer, which is one is about 128 or something like that. I I don't want to get into specifics, but the idea is that on the Mimble Wimble side, if you do that with extension blocks, you're also going to have to occupy more block space, which is fine because it's an extension block, but still it needs to be designed around this whole idea. Whole idea of of what, sorry? Of having larger transactions. So you need also bigger blocks to accommodate them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, for SegWit, it doesn't increase this, it doesn't decrease the actual size of transactions. Right. It's just that the signature part is not counted towards the block space. So um, so the the counted transaction size is smaller, but the actual transaction size is, is the same.
0: I guess that's why Jihan used to say that it's unfairly cheap.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um but, but you're right, um, transactions are, there is a trade-off for transactions are larger on using confidential transaction and um, MWeb helps things by um, being able to scale better in terms of pruning inputs and outputs that are spent, um, but it's still more costly to do a um, private transaction or MWeb transaction than, than a regular transaction yeah and i think that ring
0: signatures and zero knowledge proofs as in zcash are bigger than 10 times the average bitcoin transaction right uh
1: yes for the most part yes um but there are other differences where um like for example ring signature increases the the utxl set right um all the time, right? There's, it never decreases the UTXO set even if a transaction is spent. Um, And that hurts scalability in in different ways.
0: Yeah. And I I did notice that there's a lot of research into zero knowledge proofs nowadays. I did see a presentation by Amir Taki, who's very much immersed in everything ZK. I'm not sure if he wants to bring anything to Bitcoin, but it's still interesting to see that there's a lot of research into cryptography into making this more scalable. And I, I do recall a comment by Andrew Polstra from TabConf last year when he said that he can just put the entire Bitcoin blockchain into a ZK rollup and that solves the scalability problem. How does that work if you're
1: acquainted with all of this? I'm not. I'm not. I'm um,
0: familiar with, with that comment. Okay. Uh, I was just curious if you put any research into this kind of stuff. But yeah, Mimble Wimble extension block. I think it's the most important proposal that I've seen in the last few years. I've, maybe since Segwit and Taproot, I see this as being the biggest software. I'm not very much interested into covenants and what they're trying to bring with BIP 119, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I did play with Mimble Wimble extension blocks. And to me, it was kind of a mind-blowing moment because this worked as a soft fork. It's more scalable than the average proposal for privacy. And yet, if we were to bring it to Bitcoin, it would face a lot of adversity. So it needs to prove itself over time. And people need to accept that with privacy, they're going to get some sort of trade-off. And one last question that I think I forgot to ask you about Mimblewimble is how much of the data about a transaction gets pruned?
1: Um, so the way it works is um, you can think of a Mweb block as one big transaction, right? So um, this is how Mweb works, uh, or sorry, specifically how wimble works, right? So you get, Transaction get broadcast. There's inputs, outputs, and kernel, and all the inputs and outputs get added together into one big transaction, and that's the block, right? So if you look at an MWeb block, you have inputs on one side, outputs on one side, on the other side, and then, and then some kernels that represents transactions, peg-ins, peg-outs, whatnot. And then using, um, using crypto math, you can add up all the inputs, and all the outputs and they sum up to the same number. Right. And then so that's just one big transaction. Um the with cut through, if an input spends an output, you can throw both of those away because the math will still add up. Right. So if I send um one Litecoin to you, you send one Litecoin to, to Alice in the same in the same block, then what's recorded in the block is basically just. I'm sending one Litecoin, and Alice is receiving one Litecoin. The fact that it went through you didn't matter because you actually spent that output already.
0: Yeah, and it's at a larger scale. There are many more transactions in the middle, and
1: I guess that's the privacy benefit that we get. Yep, yeah, and then um, and then that's within one block. But if if an output is spent in another block, you can prune it later. We don't have that. Um, totally implemented yet, but that's something that can easily be done, where um, if a input is spent like uh, a month ago, it's not really useful anymore, and you can just prune it from your, from your, um, uh, from the blockchain, from your, kind of your copy of the blockchain.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I think also, I mentioned him again, Andrew Polstro was very much into this before I guess he gave up on the research, unless he is Tom Alvarez Jedisor
1: or something, or he, he has a name. He he put in he put in a lot of work on making uh, Mimbo Wimble better. Um, he's done a lot. He's very he's a, a very smart guy, and he's he's helped helped out a lot on on Mimble Wimble. It's great. Yeah, he, he might be the guy that actually created it. <laughs> uh, I suspect Peter
0: Todd is, but anyway. Uh what was I about to say? Oh yeah. Can the cryptography get so much better that it improves to a significant degree in a few years and the transactions get even smaller and
1: it's more scalable? It's possible. I mean, um the bulletproof was introduced a few years ago that decreased um size of trans of confidential transaction size by quite a bit. Um and that was kind of discovered. Fairly recently, after after many years of content and transaction being out in the space, so so yeah, there's definitely possible room for improvement to make things even smaller and more scalable. Um, yeah, so I mean, we'll constantly work on improving mWeb. Yeah, when I talk with people about bringing
0: privacy to Bitcoin, they usually say that there was no mature proposal yet and everything is still in a very early development phase. And it's risky to implement anything that's out there right now because something else that's better might just come out in a few years. But right now, I think that this whole extension block soft fork with Mimblewimble is the closest that we are to bringing privacy into Bitcoin because it can be brought into the main chain without without requiring a hard fork and that's the biggest that used to be the biggest issue and it's also more scalable than most
1: stuff out there
0: but yeah Mm -hmm. i guess it can get better
1: uh i I mean i think you're right but i think it will still take some time for um for for it to prove itself right for it to show that it actually works and there are definitely more improvements that can be made to mweb um so so we'll see I'm not, I don't expect Bitcoin to, to implement Mweb um, because it's just, it's a big change. Right? It's, um, Bitcoin is a lot more conservative and I think that's good. So, so we'll see what happens in the future, but, um, but at least it's working on, on Litecoin and people can play around with it on Litecoin to see how well that works.
0: I did receive the mWeb torch from the community, and I did fail to pass it to Fluffy Pony, so I gave it to someone else. But I tried to look it up on a blockchain explorer, and mm-hmm. I realized that there's no data to show, and they're not. There's only one blockchain explorer right now, and I did also observe using command line inputs. I tried to look at the transaction data, and there's nothing that you can see. If you're looking at a random transaction that happened, you're not going to be able to see the amounts or the recipients, which I think th- that was the mind-blowing moment. That's why we're doing this interview. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so you can't prove that you pass it. You maybe just stole the M-Web Torch.
0: Yeah. Uh, I paid someone else to claim that they received it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's cool. I still, I have yet to receive the word torch yet one day. That's a question that we actually received on Twitter. And I guess we can move into that. There's someone who wants to know when you're going to receive the torch. And also you did mention something about adding payment proofs. And I guess that becomes part of what's next for
1: Mimblewimble. Yeah. To be able to uh, prove that you, you paid, um, which is fairly important. So it's something we're working on adding. Um, specifically, David is working on adding. Um, and other things we wanna work on is like, um, like coin, coin swap, right? Adding a, a coin join kind of implementation on top of MWeb, which could be very helpful.
0: Yeah. Bamboo88 wants to know if SEC regulations will label Litecoin as a security or a commodity.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure it will be labeled as a commodity. I mean, um, it definitely fits a commodity and um, Gary Gensler has come out to say Litecoin is a commodity, so I don't see a reason why it would ever be labeled as a security because it's pretty much no different than Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm not kind of concerned
0: about that. Yeah, that that's the concern of XRP. But anyway, I don't want (laughs) I don't want to make any comments to get sued. Uh, Master BTC LTC wants to know: Would you like to know? He would like to know more about the current transaction capacity and the future capacity that can be enabled. That's very general. And also, he wants to know when you take the Web torch.
1: In terms of capacity. M-Web right now adds about one megabyte in block size space, um, effectively. So um, if Lightning, uh, sorry, if Litecoin is one megabyte, SegWit effectively makes it two, and M-Web adds another one. So it's effectively three megabytes right now, but MWeb web um, the block size can be increased 10X without doing a, a fork. By by miners, so if if necessary, we can increase the block size that way, um, and if yeah, so there's definitely room to grow, and we we just we have a lot more space than we need right now, um, so nothing to worry about in that front.
0: Sg6crypto wants to know if you're Satoshi Nakamoto
1: himself. I am not Satoshi Nakamoto unless I have multiple personality disorders and one of my personalities is Satoshi but as far as I know I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like the
0: kind of answer that Satoshi would give. Anyway, <laughs> Aristotle's money wants to know how Bitcoin saves how Litecoin saves Bitcoin by removing the possibility of a single point of failure as in a government prints enough money to destroy crypto. I mean, Litecoin would also be affected by that, but you you get to answer.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just having an alternative currency, a cryptocurrency, to Bitcoin gives resiliency to the whole network, right? It makes it reduces the uh, removes a single point of failure, right? If it, if there's only one cryptocurrency out there, then um, it can be attacked and killed. Whereas if there's thousands out there. Um it's impossible to take them all down. Right. So um, it helps with with the whole um, whole cryptocurrency movement to have more than one. Um, and that's kind of the, the idea.
0: Harry C007777 wants to know. Why the price does not reflect the fundamentals? And is the market too emotional or behavioral? behavioral?
1: Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really know why price is what it is. Um, I would, yeah. So, Litecoin has been doing well the past four years, but the price really hasn't. And it is kind of what it is. We could just kind of, kind of, just follow the cycle. Um, I do have, um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to do well in the future, but who knows how long that's going to take for it to recover. Um, but all I can focus on is, is working on a coin and making the coin actually better. Um, people are actually using it. Just yesterday, um, BitPay released the stats for, um, for people using cryptocurrency. Um paying with Litecoin and Bitcoin. And was it 18% of all Bitpay payments were done with Litecoin, which far um, surpasses what's paid with Ethereum, Dogecoin, any other altcoin out there? Bitcoin is still king. It has like 50 plus percent. Um, but Litecoin is is doing well, right? The biggest payment crypto payment processor, Litecoin was added. Um Less than a year ago, to it, and it's been climbing up the charts in terms of uh, adoption. So that's definitely good news. Um, price is not reflecting that, but hopefully it will catch up.
0: M Solid L wants to know. Actually, his name is Matt Solid eighty seven. Wants to know if Litecoin will become legal tender in El Salvador.
1: Um, I that I don't know. I don't know. I think they're focused on Bitcoin. Um, I'm not legal. Legal tender doesn't matter that much right now. I think it's it's more of a gimmick. Um, I mean, I, w- I was in El Salvador last year. Not many people actually use Bitcoin, and not most. Not every store actually accept Bitcoin. I mean, it takes some time for for the whole country to start accepting Bitcoin because a lot of places just work with cash, right? Don't even have an electronic system for accepting money. And um, yeah, I think it's cool to see, like like I saw there start um, accepting Bitcoin as legal tender. Um, And I think we'll see more and more of that in terms of Litecoin being legal tender. I don't know. I mean, it's not something that I'm focused on. Eric Bowman
0: wants to know if there was any backlash from exchanges after adding Mimblewimble and if there's going to be extended wallet support for it, as right now you can only use it with Litecoin core.
1: Yeah, so in terms of exchanges, there, there was some, some issue which was expected because the um, it came from Korean exchanges. So Korean laws are very, very um, strict on privacy coins. So if there's any kind of hint of some privacy tech there, um, the, the first reaction is to delist the coin just so that they don't, exchanges I'm talking about, just so that they don't get punished by the Korean regulators. Um, so they delisted all coins, including all privacy coins, including Monero, Zcash, even Dash. Um, so I wasn't surprised to to have some kind of pushback from Korean exchanges. I don't know the status right now, um, but other than that, I haven't heard anything about um Exchange is not happy with, with MWeb. Um And the second question is what?
0: Uh, give me a second. I need to scroll up. Mm, wallet
1: support for Mimble Wimble. Yeah, so um, so yeah. right now Mimble Wimble is only supported by um, Lightroom Core. So we're working on adding it to um, Light Wallet and working with other um, wallet providers to to add support for for mWeb, so that's going to take some time because it's a it's a big change. Adding um, light kind of SPV support for for mWeb is is not simple, and we have to figure out how to do it well. And um, so it's, that's going to take some time, but it's coming.
0: And the last question comes from Louis Sangulo. And he has like four questions, but I guess they have the same answer. XMR atomic swaps, BTC atomic swaps, Doge atomic swaps, hot wallets implementing MWEB, Mweb.
1: What's the question? So,
0: Are there going to be any atomic swaps with other coins like Monero, Bitcoin, and Doge? In terms of like uh, Mweb atomic swaps or... So...
1: And that's, oh, not, that, that's, that's a, not a
0: good thing. one. I thought atomic swaps are only for Lightning, but now that you mention it,
1: how does that work? So, atomic swaps can work with Lightning, right? It can also work with main chain. So, um, Decred has an implementation of Atomic Swap with um, Decred, Bitcoin, and Litecoin. I believe they also have a decentralized exchange where you can use these atomic swaps to exchange coins. Um, so they could work with Doge with any of these coins um but the problem is it's not very it's not that useful because it because of the liquidity problem right atomic swaps are not very for decentralized exchanges are not very useful because it's hard it's hard to get create the liquidity necessary for them um so a centralized exchange is just much easier for liquidity um, so the the I would say the demand is not there for it, but the technology is is there and can be used. Um, and then the last part is what?
2: Ah, uh, just a second. I need to find that again.
1: Hot wallets for MWEB. Um, I'm not sure what he means by that, because like if you're using Litecoin Core. With MWeb, you have, you have, it's basically in a hot wallet, right? So,
0: yeah, I think he means light as opposed to hot as light
1: an wallet. SPV. Yeah, so that's something that we're
0: working on. Okay, so I guess I ran out of questions for now. Thank you very much, Charlie. It's been a long interview. I'm happy that you answered to all the questions. I've learned a lot today about how Mimblewimble works and how it works with extension blocks and i'm gonna pay attention to this project and i hope it works out and maybe that more bitcoiners are gonna become open to the idea of looking into this and maybe adding it to bitcoin maybe not this maybe it will be this i don't know but it's still a bold move it was hard i guess to move away from bitcoin development to add something on top there's extra complexity there's gonna be more development required right now and more maintenance, but (laughs) it's quite a journey and congratulations for it. Yep. Thanks a lot, Vlad.
2: And hard money. There is no fiat on-ramp or off-ramp and you get to diversify your Bitcoin portfolio into gold or silver when you sense that a bearish moment is coming. Also, you can instantly trade your gold for Bitcoin to buy the dip. And if you're into gold custody, Voltoro can also send you the gold that you own directly from their insured Swiss vaulting facilities voltoro was launched in the aftermath of the Mt. gox hack so since 2015 they have published monthly glass books to prove that they own all the gold reserves and all of their customers money sign up today by going to voltoro.com bitcoin takeover keep in mind that this is not financial advice and you are responsible for your own decisions Sabi Wallet is the perfect Bitcoin privacy wallet. It's free, it's open source, it's available on Windows, MacOS and Linux, and it offers groundbreaking Chaumian coin Coinjoins, which makes your Bitcoin. Even if you do not use the Coinjoin feature, you still benefit from a trustless experience with block filters, a hidden IP address via Tor, and easy management of your wallet outputs. After you deal with KYC exchanges like Coinbase, like Kraken, Binance, Gemini, or Bitfinex, you can remove the association between your identity and your Bitcoin address by performing a few rounds of coin joins. To find out more about the privacy benefits and limitations of coin joins, listen to Bitcoin Takeover Podcast Season 6 Episode 6 with Max Hillbrand, And if you want to give Wasabi a try, go to WasabiWallet.io and download the wallet for free. Wasabi Wallet, a Bitcoin privacy wallet for the Citadels.